0: Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Mabrowski Nelson. Marzell with the open net, and he scores! Yes, 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 yes. Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin, I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today, and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Lots to talk about on today's show. The Islanders, not eliminated from the playoffs yet, but doesn't look like they're going to make it. So if the Islanders get close to the trade deadline and they are in selling mode, who's most likely to be traded off the island? We'll take a quick look at that. We have the latest injury updates on Simeon Varlamov and Oliver Wallstrom. And we have a full preview of tonight's game against the Seattle Kraken as the Islanders make their first trip to Seattle. And uh, we've got our Islanders' birthday of the day, a big defenseman. Uh, Let's see if you can figure out who that is as we go back to the 19... uh, either late 80s or early 90s. We've got... uh, if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to talk about, feel free to send us an email. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter At Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. Uh, And I am live tweeting during every Islanders home and road game, well, nearly every. And yes, I will be live tweeting uh, tonight, even though it's a late start. So, night owls, uh, if you're up, please feel free. I'll give you some instant insight and analysis And always happy to interact with fans during the game and really any time. Alright, Islanders losing at home Sunday to the Montreal Canadiens. And it's just looking less and less likely that this team has a playoff run in them. But look, A, the season isn't over, over, but... You know, mathematically, the Islanders have about an 8.5% chance, I think, of making the playoffs right now. And they just haven't shown the consistency necessary to go on what they need to do, which is like a 7-1-1 and kind of a streak. Uh, we just haven't seen that up and down the lineup. There are too many players who are just not playing up to their usual level of quality hockey. So... The trade deadline is now about a month away, a little less than a month away. What, who, if the Islanders go into selling mode, who is most likely to be headed off Long Island and elsewhere at the trade deadline? And I think there are five players who would be at the top of the list. That doesn't mean that these players are definitely gone. And it doesn't mean that, other players couldn't be included in a trade. But let's start with the obvious. There are four players who will be unrestricted free agents at the end of the year. They are Andy Green and Zidane Chara on the blue line, Cal Clutterbuck and Zach Parise among the forwards. And I, I, I think each of these four players do have some value In a trade deadline situation. None of them. Quite honestly. Are going to get you a huge haul. None of these are. You know. You're not giving up. A 30 goal scorer. Or sniper. An elite goalie. You'll get something for these guys. But it's not going to be. A a first round pick. Or a a, a top prospect. You know. You'll get something back. But. Out of these four, look, let's start with Andy Green. What are the advantages of someone acquiring him? Depth defenseman, reliable in his own zone, experienced leadership, been there, done that as far as playoff hockey. And if you've got some young defenseman, he could almost be like a player coach. I think the same goes for Zidane Chara, who's also on this list, although Z obviously adds elite size, and maybe even more leadership in that he's a former captain, he's won Stanley Cups, uh, he's a future Hall of Famer, and, again, his reach and his size allow him to be more reliable defensively, perhaps, than Green, and certainly he brings more of a physical element right now than Andy Green does. Among the forwards, Zach Parise What you get with him, he's a former captain. He clearly gives all-out effort throughout every shift he's on the ice. You never have to question that. He's a good role model. He'll kill penalties. He could be on a team's second power play unit, although, you know, how successful has he been in that role? Not very this year, quite honestly he is no longer an elite goal scorer. He is now a 10 to 15 goal a year guy. And he's not a top six forward. Maybe for a game or two, if you need him to step into that role in a pinch, you can move him up to that role. But he is really a third or fourth line forward at this stage in his career. He adds the leadership aspect, as we said. And he... You know, is experienced and he's the kind of guy, he's not quite Ray Bork, but he's the kind of guy that, you know, a long veteran who you would love to see get a Stanley Cup before he retires, you know, could be in the right spot at the right time, a benefit to another team. And then you have Cal Clutterbuck, who may have more value uh, than any of the other three players we've mentioned. Clutter is physical. He is certainly a third or fourth line-up, bottom six forward. Uh, Adds leadership, good in the locker room, tough guy, but doesn't take foolish penalties. You know, Clutterbuck has that reputation. Oh, yeah, he's physical. He's tough. But he never has had over 100 penalty minutes in a season during his NHL career. He rarely takes dumb penalties. He can score the odd goal. uh, And I think, you know... You lose something when you separate him from Sizikis and Martin, but I think Clutterbuck is one of those guys who, yeah, I could totally see him being uh, someone valuable to uh, the right team in the right situation as far as the playoffs are concerned. The other player who is not yet an unrestricted free agent, who has one year left on his contract but who may bring in more in a trade than any of the other guys we've mentioned remains Simeon Varlamov. Varley has you know, that $5 million contract and his goals against average this year, the 2.57, the save percentage, 9.18, those are solid numbers. Yeah, he's only 3-9-1 on the year, but the Islanders aren't even scoring two goals a game when he is their goalie. 1.69 goals again, uh, scored when, by the Islanders when Varley is in the lineup. That is near the bottom of the league in that category. There are teams right now, whether it's Colorado, Vegas, uh couple of other teams that may be looking for either a backup or a 1A. Uh, you know, Varley may make sense. He'd free up some cap space. We've talked about it on this show before. He's still, you know, got some quality years left. He's not so old that, you know, he's past his prime. And the Islanders, I think, would be comfortable overall with Ilya Sorokin being the number one guy. Although it would leave them without a bona fide number two right now. So, again, you'd have some cap space and some time to get that number two guy next year. Maybe Jakub Skarek by then uh, grows into that role, we have to see. But overall, those are the five players that I think would be the most likely to be dealt by the Islanders this offseason. Uh, at the, oh, excuse me, at the trade deadline, if indeed they are clearly out of the playoff race when we get to that point. All right, we've got a lot more to talk about on this episode. We have the latest injury updates on Simeon Varlamov and Oliver Wallstrom, plus a full preview of tonight's game in Seattle. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So the Islanders make their first ever trip out to Seattle. Uh, But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about injury updates, Simeon Varlamov and Oliver Wallstrom both rejoined the Islanders at practice on Monday. So Varley no longer on the COVID protocol. He was out of it, uh, having been in there for the last nine days. He did practice with the team, but they're not sure yet when he'll be ready to start. Barry Trotz telling reporters after Monday's practice, The first thing is that we need to see where he's at with the COVID. Everybody's been hit a little differently. It affects everybody a little differently when he's ready, ready, then we'll put him in the mix. He will be back. He will back up tomorrow for sure, but he will not start. So that's where Varley is at. Meanwhile, Wallstrom who missed the Sunday game with an upper body in injury did practice with the team on Monday as well. Now, No guarantees that he's back in the lineup tonight, but it is looking like it is a real possibility that he will be available. So that is the update there. Now, as for the Seattle Kraken, the newest franchise in the National Hockey League, and, you know, the Kraken, like most expansion teams, are struggling and, you know, that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody who has been, you know, sort of following the Kraken throughout the season. They they are, you know, having their share of struggles and it, it just becomes a question of, of, of getting, you know, the right players in the right place. And that takes time. And, you know, yes, the... Uh, You know, there's there's no question that the Vegas Golden Knights did a great job of contending immediately, but that really is the exception to the rule. And what we see in Seattle is a lot more typical of, you know, what expansion teams tend to do. Now, they're getting a little better, uh, but the surprise is this. They are 28th in the league in goals against. We expected them to be a little more sound defensively. Goals for they are 24th. Now, Seattle is in 8th place in the Pacific. They're 16-31-4. and four. That's 36 points in 51 games. Now, this will be a back-to-back for Seattle. They're in Vancouver Monday night, although the game <coughs> doesn't start until 10 o'clock in. Eastern time, so a little bit after the time I'm recording this, they do struggle to score goals. They're 24th in the league, and the special teams have been a problem. The power play is 29th, the penalty kill 26th, and I guess one of the bigger surprises for the Kraken is <coughs> Philip Grubauer has been a disappointment—a 3.15 goals against average and an 8.87 save percentage. Jared McCann, their first ever. 20 goal scorer. He leads the team in that category with 20 and has 32 points. Former Islander Jordan Eberly, 14 goals, 29 points. And uh, statistically, at least, far outplaying uh, the man who they brought in to replace him, which is Kyle Palmieri. Uh, coming into last night's game against Vancouver, three straight losses. For Seattle, they lost at home to Toronto and then lost at Winnipeg and at Calgary. Let's take a look at the line combinations for the Seattle Kraken. The top line, Alexander Wenberg centers, Marcus Johansson and Jordan Eberle. Yanni Gord uh The ex-Tampa Bay Lightning player, he centers the second line with Callie Yarkrock and Mason Appleton on either side of him. Ryan Donato on the left side, Jonas uh, Donskoy on the right with Jared McCann centering the third line. The fourth line is Riley Sheehan centering Austin Zarnik, the ex-Islander and Colin Blackwell. Meanwhile, on defense, Mark Giordano and Adam Larson are the top pair. Vince Dunn and Jeremy Lousen, the second. And then the third pair is Hayden Fleury and Jamie Olsiak. Uh, the goaltenders right now, Chris uh, Dredger and Philip Grubauer with Dredger getting more of the action. Lately, Jaden Schwartz and Brandon Tanev both injured and on IR. So, Look, you know, you just came off a shootout loss to Montreal. You've already lost to Seattle. Islanders got to win this game, get the road trip off to a good start. Uh, and again, special teams, I think, is an area where the Islanders should be able to get something going. The uh, Kraken 29th on the power play, only a 16.1% success rate, and 26th on the PK, a 754 Uh, percent success rate at killing off penalties if the islanders can get a power play goal in this game that would definitely give them a boost and they need to get that power play going and 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 off the schneid it's again very inconsistent they go a few games where they look good and then they struggle getting oliver wallstrom back in the lineup and we hope he will be back in the lineup would be a boon to the Islanders' power play. We talked about the 2 X ex-Islanders. Eberle uh, certainly has fit in well for this team. And then, uh, you know, you have the recent addition of Austin Zarnik, and Zarnik has one assist in his first three games with the Kraken. Should be a good one. Islanders need this one. It is uh, a 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time start uh, for the Islanders in Seattle. And again, I'll be live tweeting during the game. Keep in mind my usual, you know, usually these podcasts go live around 12, 25 a.m., a little after midnight. It'll be probably about 45 minutes to an hour after the conclusion of the game that we post uh, the Wednesday edition of the podcast. We've got more to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. When we come back, time for our Islanders birthday of the day, a physical center, uh, excuse me, a physical defenseman who spent some uh, a little bit of time with the Islanders in the 1990s. So let's see if you can figure that out. Uh, all that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day, and a Monday, yesterday, was the 53rd birthday for former Islanders defenseman Wayne McBean. The Calgary native drafted in the first round, fourth overall by the LA Kings. Played for the Kings in 1987-88. 27 games, had an assist with was traded to the Islanders during the 88-89 season, played 19 games for the Isles, and picked up his first assist there. Stayed in the Islanders organization through the 92-93 season, then finished his career uh, in Winnipeg, excuse me, uh, was traded by the Islanders to Winnipeg midway through 93-94. For his career, 211 games, In the NHL, 10 goals, 49 points, and 168 penalty minutes. Three uh, McBean played in two playoff games for the Islanders in 1990 in the opening round series against the Rangers. Had a goal, an assist, and two points. We're going to go back and look at one of McBean's better games with the Islanders November 19th. 1991, at the Metropolitan Sports Center in Bloomington, Islanders facing the Minnesota North Stars in this one. And in goal for the Islanders, Steve Weeks, while John Casey was the netminder for the Minnesota North Stars. Islanders getting on the board first. Derek King is 13th. Steve Thomas and Pierre Turgeon with the assist. That took exactly 11 seconds. After the game got underway, then Ray Ferraro, his sixth unassisted at 15:01, two nothing Islanders after one period. Basil McRae and Ken Baumgartner dropping the gloves late in that period. Those two, uh, two heavyweights going at it, and McRae got the extra two for instigating. In the second period, the Islanders get a shorthanded goal with Derek King in the box for slashing Pat Flatley, his fifth from Benoit Hogue, Islanders up 3 to nothing. but on that very same power play, Ulf Dahlen his ninth from Mike Craig and Neil Broughton at 731, gets Minnesota on the board, Islanders up 3-1 to one after 40 minutes, but that lead vanished in the third period. Mike Madano, his fifth, from Brian Bellows at 325. Yes, that's Kiefer Bellows' dad. Uh, that made it a 3-2 game. Then Madano again, his sixth, from Todd Ellick and Brian Propp at 619. Ties the game at three. And then, in the third period, with Uwe Krupp in the box for cross-checking, Todd Ellick, a power play goal, his second, from Olf Dahlin and Mike Craig at 840. And suddenly, the Islanders are trailing Four to three, but the Islanders get a power play chance. Mark Burrow off for cross checking for Minnesota, and Benoit Hogue his eighth of the year on the power play, flatly, and Tom Kervers with the assist at 10:55, and the game is even. Then our Islanders' birthday of the day, Wayne McBean gets a shorthanded goal. Adam Creighton of the Islanders off for interference. McBean his second from Hogue and Dave McElwain at 13:46. That gives the Islanders the lead. Pierre Turgeon, his sixth from Derek King at fifteen oh nine, increases the lead to six to four. And then Ray Ferraro, his seventh from Hogan Jeff Norton at eighteen fifteen, closes out the scoring. Islanders win this one by a score of seven to four. For our Islanders' birthday of the day, Wayne McBean, he has one goal. It is the game winner. It is shorthanded. He had two shots on goal and was a plus one in this game. Uh, in goal, Steve Weeks, 39 saves as the Islanders were outshot, 43-25. to 25. But Weeks' is strong goaltending and a couple of shorthanded goals able to help the Islanders win this hockey game. And the game-winning goal for the big defenseman, Wayne McBean, he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Islanders gotta come up with something tonight, gotta, gotta win this game, uh, like I said, I am not ready to fully give up on this season, but you know, you lose tonight, maybe, maybe we're getting close to that point, so gotta hope for at least a steady performance tonight, and again, we'll keep you up to date on Twitter as to the potential return of uh, Oliver Wallstrom uh, to the lineup, and, and Varlamov scheduled to be the backup. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden, and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. Enjoy the game tonight. And of course, let's go Islanders.